At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. I'm getting ready to speak to you from this book. It's called The Bible. Amen. I will not be preaching from the Courier Journal. I will not be speaking from Life Magazine. But I'll be speaking from the Holy Writ. And as a congregation, we are a people of the book. I meant this year, but it just a lot going on in this year for the celebration and just got past us. I meant to um, present to you a yearly Bible reading plan where collectively we as a church could read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation together as a congregation this year. But starting in January of 2024, if the Lord lets us see it, uh, we're gonna give you a Bible reading plan so that as a church family, we can read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation together as a congregation. But that being said, I do want to do this this year. Starting right now, this is the second Sunday in May. So from May to the end of June, and I'll be coming back to you at the end of June. From May to the end of June, what I want everyone to do is join me and in the Old Testament, read the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah and then in the New Testament read 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy read the book of Ezra the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament and then read 1st Timothy epistle of 1st Timothy and the epistle of 2nd Timothy let's read that together the congregation between now and the end of June and then at the beginning of July, I will give you some other books of the Bible that we will read together. Because as the Canaan Church, we love God's Word. Amen. I want to pick back up this series I'm doing on the theme, The Anointing. Today's message will be the 14th teaching that I will have done in this series. And, uh, and then I'm going to close it out with the last teaching about the fear of the Lord. And our basic text is Revelation, and uh, you can stand for the reading of the word. Revelation chapter 4, verse uh, 7, no, verse 5. Revelation chapter 4, verse 5. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. Amen. And then if you'll turn with me in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11, and beginning with verse 2, Isaiah 11 verse 2. And let's count it down together. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him one the spirit of wisdom, two, and understanding, three, the spirit of counsel, four, and might, the spirit of knowledge, six. That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm going to speak to you today about 
the spirit of knowledge. Amen. You may be seated <clears throat> in the presence of the Lord. This series, The Anointing, has been a wonderful journey that we're taking together as the people of God and we bless God for the revelation and for the impartation that he is depositing into our spirit because God wants us to have clarity about who he is. As a Christian believer, you are not simply a person who says, I believe in God, or I believe that there is a God. But as a Christian believer, you're the person who can say that I know God and I know him personally, I know him for myself. And so the question then becomes, uh, how does God reveal himself to us? How does God make himself known to us? And what is it about God that God wants me to understand? Because he wants to operate in and through our lives. And so it is important and it is imperative now for us as believers in Christ that we understand God as Holy Spirit. Because we're living in the dispensation of grace. We're living unquestionably in the last days. And we're living in the age of the Spirit. God has made himself known to us as Father. He has made himself known to us as Son through the person of Jesus Christ. And he makes himself known to us as Holy Spirit. And beloved, if you do not understand God as Holy Spirit, and if you do not embrace God as Holy Spirit, then you will fail to hear his voice and then you will forfeit what God is purposing to do in your life in the times in which we live. So today we're on number uh, six, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of knowledge. Have you ever had an experience with God, an episode, a moment with God where he so intervened in the affairs of your life that you knew that what you had just experienced was not ordinary. <clears throat> and when it happened, what was your response? I was, I was reading the Bible one day, and I was reading the Gospel of John. I was reading through John. And I came upon that scripture between John 14 and 17. I came upon that one line of scripture where Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I was not studying the scripture that day. I was just doing what you call Bible reading. But when I came to that verse, if you love me, keep my commandments, the spirit of the living God seized me. And I couldn't go to the next verse. It was as though Jesus 
had just showed up physically in the room. It was as though I could see his face. It was as though I could literally hear his voice. Walter, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, I'm, I was saved when I read it. But while I knew that I was saved, I also knew that I had shortcomings. And understanding that I had not always done what he told me to do. When he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, it gripped my heart. It was a moment that I knew this ain't, this ain't ordinary. Sometimes I come in the sanctuary and pray by myself. It doesn't have to be Saturday, it just has to be whenever I say, I'm going to pray. And uh, I, I came in the sanctuary one day and I was sitting right there. And I, was, and I was praying. You know how you're asking God to do something for you? You know, you, you really want him to do it. You know, you, I mean, you, you, you want to lay out before him. God, I, I need you to flip this script. I need you to give me this breakthrough. I, I, I need you to do something. Am I talking to anybody? I, I need you, God, to do something special. And while I was asking him for that, he said to me, you have to release in order to receive. Yeah, you have to release in order to receive. Sometimes we tell each other, you got to let go and let God. Um, the Lord said to me, you have to release in order to receive. What you are asking me for, the, the moment you put it at this altar, and take your hands off of it, that's when I'll bless you. I don't remember the song, the name of the song, Joe, but there's a song y'all used to sing back in the day. That's when he blessed me. That's the name of the song. Yeah. That's when he blessed me. Yeah. 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 He said, if you, you got to release in order to receive. It, it was a moment that I knew God was speaking to me. When you have those experiences, the only response to do is to break out in a praise. The best response is to raise holy hands and open up your mouth and give him the fruit of your lips. And tell the Lord, I love you, I bless you, I magnify you, and I glorify your name. The spirit of knowledge, whenever we operate in the spirit of knowledge, 
We are brought into a relationship with God that becomes deep in our communion with him. Godly knowledge comes by revelation. There is a difference, beloved, in knowing about somebody and knowing them. Yeah, yeah. I, I could tell you, I know about LeBron James. I know about him. I've watched him play many, many times. Lakers and Cleveland, Miami. Oh, I know, I know about LeBron James. I know about him. A, a friend of mine, when LeBron was playing for the Heat, he called me out of nowhere and said, Dr. Malone, would you like to go to the final game? The Heat, Miami Heat, whoever they were playing. I said, yeah, I wouldn't mind going. He says, okay, I'm going to send you. He says, what flight you like to fly on? I said, Delta. He put me first class in Delta. He had me a room at the JW Marriott downtown Miami. He had me seats sitting down on the floor. I was so close to LeBron, if I'd have said LeBron, he'd have turned around and looked at me. That's how close I was. That's how close I was. I, I, I know about LeBron, but I don't know him. Because to know him means I would have had to spend time with him and talk to him and spend some, some quality time with him. Then I could move from knowing about him to knowing him. When it comes to God, there's a difference between knowing about him and then knowing him. And in order to know him, you got to spend time with him. In order to know him, you got to fellowship with him. In order to know him, you got to have a conversation with him. And it just can't be every now and then. No, you got to wake up in the morning with him on your mind. You got to walk with him and talk with him. You got to live for him. And the spirit of knowledge allows us to have that kind of holy communion the, the spirit of knowledge it, it causes us to get to a place in God where we, 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 we know God uh, in a deep and in a broad sense we begin to recognize the vastness of God because the Holy Spirit will give us an awareness in our spirit wherein we can perceive discern and be able to know the truth of God with spiritual insight the spirit of knowledge the spirit of knowledge, when it is released in the church, when the spirit of knowledge is released in the church, then the church as the body of Christ is able to grab hold of the precepts of God and the perspective of God wherein we began to see like God sees hear like God hears and think like God thinks. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 beginning with verse 9. Now you've read this pericope a hundred times. 
But let me help you understand what I'm talking about today when we talk about the spirit of knowledge because the Bible declares that we walk by faith and not by sight. The word of God makes it clear that as the saved people of God that we don't operate by the flesh, we operate by the spirit of God. We operate by the spirit of God. So Paul says, but it is written as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Just look at somebody and say, God's got something special coming your way. Yeah, he's got something special coming your way. God's got something special coming your way. Now, I'm going to help you today because I ain't talking just to hear myself. I'm trying to inform you right now that the God you serve, he purposes to bless you. See, our problem is you think God won't bless you until you pray. But I'm telling you, we serve a God who blesses you before you pray because he knows how to give you what you need that you don't know how to ask for. And he purposes to bless you because you wasn't redeemed just to be redeemed, but you were saved so that you could be a spiritual reference point for God. So God's got something coming your way. He's got something coming your way, but he's got to give you revelation so you don't miss it when it gets there. Hallelujah. I, I called my brother, I called my brother Ed Morris on my way to church today, Joe. And I said, Ed, we're celebrating our 40th church anniversary. We got a wonderful commemorative book. I said, Ed, you don't have to buy it. I'm giving it to you as a gift as your brother. And I said, I need your address because we're going to send it to you in the mail. He said, wonderful, bro. I'm going to look for it. I said, now, Ed, what I'm sending you, it is so magnificent. It is kind of large. It ain't going to fit in your mailbox. It ain't going to fit in your mailbox. So it's going to have to come through a kind of special delivery. It's going to come either UPS or it's going to come FedEx. And I'm telling you how it's going to come. And it ain't going to fit in your mailbox because I don't want you to miss it when it gets there. Somebody ought to be hearing what I'm trying to tell you. God's got something coming your way. But it is so miraculous it ain't going to fit in your mailbox. It ain't going to fit in the ordinariness of your life. But the Holy Ghost going to have to send this special delivery. And the reason you need the spirit of knowledge, the reason you need revelation is so that you don't miss it when it shows up. And sometimes the reason God don't send it right away is because he knows you ain't prepared to receive it. And he's got to equip you so you don't miss the blessing because God says I ain't messing up blessings I ain't wasting blessings and before I send it I'm going to make sure you ready to receive what I got to give you but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know 
hallelujah, that we might know, not guess, not hope for, that we might know. Look at somebody, some things I gotta know, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Revelation is deeper than your intellect. You got a PhD? Wonderful. But that ain't gonna give you revelation. You belong to certain elite groups? Great. But that don't give you revelation. Revelation comes from God. And you can be churchy and still miss revelation. Because what I'm talking about ain't got anything to do with play acting. What I'm talking about is you only receive it if there is authenticity in your relationship with God. Paul says that the natural man don't receive this because it has to be spiritually discerned. The problem we often make is we're trying to get people who don't know God to affirm what God is purposing to do in our lives. We, we live like we need somebody to always give us a second to the motion. So when God is speaking to you, you need a crowd to tell you it's okay. But the crowd can't give confirmation because God didn't give it to the crowd. He gave it to you. And so when that person says to you, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That don't make sense. What you talk, talking about? What you, you gonna pray about this? You talking about getting out here on the edge. You gonna make a fool of yourself. And then we start backing off what we know the Spirit told us. People who don't have the connection cannot touch and agree with you. The spirit of knowledge is reserved for the people who have a real relationship with God and who take serious their walk with him. And that's why, beloved, we can't, we can't play with this thing about being saved. We can't, can't play with this thing about being a Christian. We got to be real about it. And we got to be real about it because life is real. And life is 
turbulent and life is difficult and life is challenging and what you and I need is we need the Holy Ghost to navigate our steps in a mean world and somebody here today knows that we serve a God who will guide you and lead you and cover you and protect you and strengthen you he specializes in making a way when there appears to be no way opens doors that you couldn't open closes doors that that you couldn't close makes your enemies become your footstool prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies God wants people who are spiritually connected that's where the spirit of knowledge comes in one of the most intimate passages of scripture that you can read about Jesus and his relationship with us is in the Gospel of John, is in the Gospel of John between chapters 14 and chapter 17. You're familiar with it. Jesus is, is on the pericope of going to Calvary to be crucified on the cross. He talks to his disciples about his death and about his departure and they don't want to hear that talk. It makes them unsettled. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, you know. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's that, that section. It's very intimate. Jesus says to them, I got to go. Because if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. But if I go, <clears throat> I won't leave you like an orphan. But I'll, I'll send you the paracletos. I'll send you the one who's going to stand by your side. And I love that particular line when Jesus says to them, I got to go, but I'm going to send you, listen, another helper who will stand by your side. I'm going to send you another helper. And I like it because the, the Greek word for another in that passage means not another that's different, but it means another of the same kind. Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm going to stay. I, I, I got to go. Because Paul says that Jesus humbled himself, took on the form of a man. So Jesus in the flesh subjected himself to our human limitations. So when Jesus was in Galilee, he couldn't be in Capernaum. When he was in Capernaum, he couldn't be in Nazareth. He could only be in one space at one time as Jesus in the flesh. But he says, but I want you to know I got to go. But when I go, I'm going to send another helper. I've been your help. I open blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears. I raise the dead from the grave. I calm stormy seas. I turn water into wine. 
I've been your help, but I'm sending another helper. Not different, but another of the same kind. So I'm going to leave, but I'm going to stay. But the difference is when you experience me now, you won't experience me in the physicality of a human body, but you will experience me in the person of a spirit. And the difference is going to be wherever you are, I will be with you. It don't matter where you go, I'll always be with you because as spirit, there will be no limitations. I'll be with you in your house when you're dressing, but I'll be waiting on you when you get on the plane. And when the plane lands, the first person that'll greet you won't be the stewardess, it'll be the Holy Ghost. Because I need you to go that there's no place you can go that where I am not. And what's really going to bless you is that you're not just going to have the blessing of recognizing my omnipresence. Oh. Ah. Ah. You ain't just gonna enjoy my omnipresence because omnipresence is what I just told you. I'm everywhere at the same time. But when you become a child of the true and living God, it gets deeper than omnipresent because now you're gonna enjoy my manifested presence. And manifested presence is even greater than omnipresent. I know God, you're with me wherever I am. You're with me when I'm on the mountaintop, and you're with me when I'm in the valley. You're with me when I'm strong, and you're with me when I'm weak. You're with me, God, when I'm standing tall, but you're with me when I'm weak and I feel like I'm gonna fall apart. But what I praise your name for is that manifested presence that wherever I am, you got away of showing up and showing out. You got a way of putting your arms around me. You got a way of grabbing my mind and telling me you ain't gonna fall apart because I'm with you. I'm in you. And there's so much of me in you that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So devil, you can't beat me. That's the spirit of knowledge. 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 You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. Ah. <laughs> All you can do is receive it. And, and, and the only people who don't think this is real are people who don't know him. 
And the reason why you ought to praise God every time you come in here is because of the spirit of knowledge. Somebody going to tell you it don't take all that. You hollering, you screaming, you crying. It, it don't take all that. You ought to look at them and say, oh, it takes that and some. Because you don't know what I've had to go through. And you wasn't there when he brought me out. You don't know how serious my situation was. I don't even have to be here today. But I'm here because of the spirit of knowledge. Sometimes I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know whether to go to the left or whether to go to the right. I didn't know whether to move or to be still. But the spirit of knowledge ordered my steps. I'm not an accident. I'm not a coincidence. What am I? I'm a miracle. You may not have known it, but when you sat beside me, you sat by a miracle. Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, verse one says, "To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you." Listen, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through, listen, the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which we have been given to us ah, ah, <laughs> exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Oh, beloved, God wants me to tell you, you got too much going for you not to win the fight. Oh, I know you got to deal with spiritual warfare. I know the devil comes against you, but you got too much going for you to lose the fight. Because once you came to Jesus, you were transferred from flesh to spirit. 
You were transferred from ordinary to extraordinary. You were transferred from natural to supernatural. And one of Peter's favorite words here seems to be the word precious. Because in 1 Peter chapter 1, in 1 Peter, the, fir the first epistle of Peter, and the second epistle of Peter, he keeps talking about what's precious. So he, he, he talks about, he, he talks about um, a precious blood, a precious stone, a, a precious savior, a precious faith, and a precious promise. And all of this is, is caused by our faith in God. I wish I, I got I to gotta, I gotta stop. Ah, I got, can I just see some believers? I, I need to see some believers, some believers. Some, uh, some believers oh I'm talking about real believers Be because once you told God I believe do you know what you open yourself up to because everything you need to live a victorious life in Christ has been made accessible to you through the power of the Holy Ghost. So that Peter says you can take on the very divine nature of Jesus. That's why the word Christian means to be Christ-like. And when you're Christ-like, that means you live like Jesus. You talk like him. You think like him. You live like him. The divine nature becomes a part of your everyday walk. And you got so much Christ operating in you that when the demonic looks at you, he sees so much in you that reminds him of Jesus that he already knows he can't win the fight the problem is some of us don't know that we've already got the victory you can't lose because you got a God on your side and the God that's on your side is manifesting himself in your life through the knowledge of his word and that's why you got to read the word and study the word and meditate on the word that's why you got to come to bible study because the more you get this word and when word and spirit come together there's going to be life i say this and i leave you in ephesians chapter 1 beginning with verse 15 paul's talking to the christians at ephesus and he says he says when i heard about your faith in the lord I just told you, once you believe, you open yourself up to miracles and blessings, signs and wonders. He says, when I heard about your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, he said, I didn't cease to give thanks and pray for you. And he says, Paul says, and I'm praying, this is verse 17, Ephesians chapter 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him now we've already talked earlier about the spirit of wisdom but the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding is magnified by the spirit of knowledge 
Why, Pastor? Because the Holy Ghost magnifies God. You missed your place to holler. Let me talk to this group over here. The Holy Ghost magnifies God. Yeah. He makes him larger than whatever you're going through. Let me come back over to this side here. I think you're getting with me now. The Holy Ghost, whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstances is, he's going to make God so large in your life that you're going to look at it and say, that ain't nothing. Now let me talk to this crowd here and the people in the balcony, in, in the balcony. Have you ever been to God in prayer because you were troubled by something, but the Holy Ghost took your mind and put Jesus on your mind so heavy that after a while you forgot what was troubling you? You forgot what you were going to God about to ask him to deliver and you just said, well, God, whatever it is, it ain't really that important. So I'm just going to spend the rest of my time praising you. That's because he magnifies God. And, and, and so Paul says, what I'm going to do, he says, I'm going to pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I'm praying that your eyes would be open. Come on, let's pray this prayer real quick together. God, open my eyes come on God open my eyes one more time come on God open my eyes now, now give him a praise in advance that he's opening your eyes and there's three things the text says he's going to show you. He's going to show you the hope of his calling on your life. Yes, you ain't ordinary because God has a calling on your life. God has a purpose that he's working out in your life. And that's why you can declare that you are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Because it's got to do with God's calling on your life. You've got the spiritual Midas touch. Everything gotta work out okay because God is working out providentially the purpose that he ordained for you before you came out of your mama's womb second thing he's gonna show you is he's gonna show you the inheritance that God has in you you heard it right you talk about the inheritance that you're gonna get from God but you are God's inheritance you belong to God and because you are God's inheritance you are valuable to God you are significant to God the Bible says you are the apple of his eye so ain't no way God's gonna let the devil defeat you destroy you because your salvation was purchased by blood you were saved by grace and grace wasn't cheap Jesus gave his life on a cross so God looks at the devil and says you really think you're gonna take this child of mine and they are my inheritance they believe belong to me God says I made an investment and I ain't getting ready to lose on the investment that I made you ought to celebrate God like you lost your mind when you consider the fact that whatever I'm going through at the end of the day it ain't gonna destroy me it's just gonna make me better than what I've ever been and then the last thing Paul says God's gonna reveal to you he's gonna reveal 
revealed to you how much power is available to you. Peter talked about the power that helps us to walk in the divine nature. And Paul says, I'm telling you that you've got power that is unlimited. What kind of power do I have, Paul? You've got the same power, Paul says, that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. Maybe I need to go back and revisit Calvary. One Friday on a hill called Calvary, Jesus was crucified on a cross. He was buried in another man's tomb. He stayed there Friday night. He stayed there Saturday morning. And he stayed there late Saturday night. But praise be to God, Sunday morning, not just Sunday morning, but early Sunday morning, he got up from the dead and said, all power in heaven and earth is in my hands. And Paul says the same power that God used to get Jesus up from the dead, that's the same power that he's going to use to raise you above your situation. The Bible says a three-cord rope is hard to break. Jesus was in the grave, but on the third day, he got up from the grave. Look at somebody. Come on, look at them in the face. Just take your hand and kind of wave it at them and tell them, child of God, all I need is just three days. That's all I need is just three days. I may be going through something. I may be challenged by something. I may be crying over something. But on the third day, I'm getting up out of my situation. On the third day, I'm overcoming my dilemma. On the third day, I'm not going to cry anymore because weeping may endure for a night. But joy is coming in the morning. Jarell, I didn't mean to go this far, but maybe we ought to go just a little while. Tell somebody, I came to church today and it ain't that I don't have anything that I'm grappling with and you want to know why I've been in line with pastor since he's been declaring this word about the spirit of knowledge well the reason I've been with him is cause I know something about the spirit of knowledge I've experienced God's revelation and the Holy Ghost is all in me. I'm wrapped up. I'm tied up. And I'm tangled up with the Holy Ghost. I got to shout. I've got to scream. I've got to holler. Because I've got too much God in me to hold my peace. I'm not going to be bourgeoisie. I'm not going to be sadistic. When I think how far the Lord's brought me and how good he's been to me. It ain't that I don't have challenges, but the reason I'm ready to praise him is because in the midst of my challenges, I've got a conviction. In the midst of my challenges, I've got confidence. It ain't that I don't have any agony, and it ain't that I don't have any anxiety but the reason I ain't falling apart is because I've got blessed assurance that 
that Jesus is mine. I don't know when he's going to flip the script. I don't know when he's going to turn it around. But one thing I know, God will take care of me. Yes, he will. Just give me three days. I'm going to get up. Give me three days and I'm going to turn around. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. Yeah! Yes! Yeah! Ain't it all right? Is God all right? Has he ever brought you through? Has he ever made a way? Yes! Yes! Oh, yes! I know he's all right. I know he's all right. Some folk doubt him, but I can't live without him. I ain't telling you what I read. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. The spirit of knowledge. It'll keep you from losing your mind. It'll keep you from having a stroke. It'll keep you from throwing in the towel. It'll keep you from quitting. It'll keep you from walking away from your dream, giving up on your vision. It's the kind of revelation, it's the kind of revelation that will let you shout, not just on what God has already done, not just on what he's doing at the moment, but spiritual knowledge is the kind of revelation that lets you shout on what God's about to do. because the spirit of knowledge will let you see it in your spirit before it's manifested in your flesh. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.